Hello everyone, welcome back to A Voice in the Wilderness. I'm your host, Jacob. And it has been a while since we've gotten together, but we're back now. If you remember last time, we uh, studied the love of God and how love is actuating force behind God, behind all that he does. And uh, to understand him, we have to understand his nature, which is ultimately love and justice. Today's study from Principles of Life, we are going to be studying uh, predestination, free choice. So before we start a study of the Word of God, we always start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful day. We thank you for life itself, and we thank you for the opportunity to study your Word so that we can know you better, so that we can come into a better relationship with you. That when people ask us why we follow you, why we follow the writings in your word, we can give them a proper defense for the faith that's in us. Lord, I pray now that as we open your word, that your Holy Spirit will move, that your Holy Spirit will convict us of truth, and will teach us all things that we need to know. I plead this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So predestination and free choice. These are essential to the Christian Uh, faith, whether we realize it or not, the Lord has given us free choice. In the Bible, he says through the person of Joshua that we should choose this day whom we will serve. As for me and myself, we will serve the Lord. The Lord honors, respects our choice, but he is always honest that with one choice, is one path, and with another choice, is another path. If he, our uh, Bible memory verse for this section is Ephesians chapter one verses three through five, which says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world." that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. There is a common uh, misunderstanding when it comes to predestination. Predestination is this thought and this teaching that is in some circles of Christianity where because the Lord knows the end from the beginning, we are some of us are predestined to be lost and some of us are predestined to be saved. That is not the case. When the Bible speaks of predestination, it talks about one in Ephesians 1, 3, and 5. It says that we are predestinated to be a part of the family, to be adopted as children, the children uh, of God. And then it also talks about how we are chosen from the foundation of the world to be holy without blame before him and that we are also predestinated unto good works. Now, we have the choice to follow him or not to follow him. We see this throughout the Bible. The Lord chose Saul to be the king of Israel, if Saul did not have the choice to follow him or not follow him, then Saul would have been uh, 
fine to do what he wanted to do because he was chosen by the Lord, right? We see the same thing with uh, with other Bible characters as well. But let's get into our our study portion of the lesson here. Patriarchs and Prophets, page 207 to 208 says this. The gifts of his grace through Christ, G- Christ are free to all. There is no election but one's own but one's own by which any may perish. God has set forth in his word the conditions upon which every soul will be elected to eternal life, obedience to his commandments through faith in Christ. God has elected a character in harmony with his law, and anyone who shall reach the standard of his requirement will have an entrance into the kingdom of glory. Every soul is elected who will work out his own salvation with fear and trembling. He is elected who will put on the armor and fight the good fight of faith, He is elected who will watch unto prayer, who will search the scriptures and flee from temptation. He is elected who will have faith continually and who will be obedient to every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The provisions of redemption are free to all. The results of redemption will be enjoyed by those who have complied with the conditions. So, we want to ask the question, what is God's purpose for man? What is God's purpose for man? We're going to go to 1 Timothy. Uh, 1 Timothy, which is in the New Testament. 1 Timothy chapter 3, or chapter 2 and verses 3 and 4, which says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And then once again, 2 Peter, uh, Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So God's purpose for all is that we would come to a knowledge of him and that we would come to repentance so that we may receive Eternal life from him. That's God, God's purpose. How many are included in God's mercy? John 3.16. We know John 3.16. Uh, probably off the top of our head, most of us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish but have eternal life. All that is, uh, how many are included in God's mercy? That encompasses all. Right, so let's go backwards to Titus, or not backwards to Titus, but forward from John three sixteen forward to Titus two eleven, which says, "For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men." All right, Revelation twenty two seventeen, Revelation the twenty second chapter. My. Pages are kind of sticking today. Twenty-two, Revelation 22 and verse 17 says, And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let him who hears say, Come, and let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. So God's mercy is available to all. We can all be included in it if we will just accept his mercy, repent, and follow him. To what have we be been predestined? 
Romans 8.29 says to be conformed, or I'm sorry. Yeah, Romans 8.29 says to be conformed to the image of his son. Ephesians 1.5 says to the adoption of children by Christ. And Ephesians 1.11 says, according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. The process of adoption is a voluntary transfer from the family of Adam to the family of Christ, or the second Adam. As you guys cannot see this table that I have, but the family of Adam consists of three parts. Sinners, and we all die. We have a living soul, and we are natural and earthly. And that, that family is natural and earthly. The family of the second Adam, or Christ, is made righteous, all be made alive. A, we have a quickening spirit, and our life is spiritual and heavenly. And those can be found in Romans 5.19, 1 Corinthians 15.22, 1 Corinthians 15, 45, 46, 47, and 48. 46, 47, and 48. All who remain members of the family of the first Adam are destined to eternal destruction. All who become and remain members of the family of the second Adam are elected to eternal life. We are predestined for eternal life if we choose to follow Christ. So, We want to contrast the wages of sin and the gift of God, which is found in Romans. Book of Romans. uh, Chapter 6 and verse 23. Which says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So contrast the wages of sin, and the gift of God. When we look at a wage, we've talked about this before, a wage is something we've earned. So through sin, the human family has earned death. But because God is merciful and loving his gift, a gift is something that you receive without having really given anything back, right? The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, There is something expected, and that's that we follow God, and we follow Christ, and we choose righteousness over wickedness. But this is a gift because at the time the gift was given, we didn't deserve it. So how can the wicked escape death? Ezekiel, going to go backwards to Ezekiel 18.32. Chapter 18, verses 32. 18.32 says, For I have no pleasure in the death of one who dies, says the Lord God. Turn, therefore turn and live. So, when it says, therefore turn, that's also uh, talking about repentance, because repentance is a physical turning away from something we have to actually turn away from the the wickedness so that we can escape death right and where it says therefore turn and live 
that's a conscious decision. That's a free will choice, a free choice that we can either continue to do what we're doing or we can turn and follow him. What I also love about this is one of my favorite Old Testament scriptures is that it says, 32, for I have no pleasure in the death of one who dies, says the Lord God, therefore turn and live, is that you hear a lot of people say that God of the Old Testament is wrathful, he's vengeful, and he is just out to get sinners. No, 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 friends. In Ezekiel here, he says, I have no pleasure in the death of one who dies, therefore turn and live, right? So here we see the the compassion and the love of God. We're also going to go to Ezekiel 33 and verse 11, where we can see this again. 33 and verse 11 says, Say to them, As I live, says the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways, for why should you die, O house of Israel? Once again, we see this here is that the turning away from the, the wicked path is a choice. It's a free choice that we uh, enjoy through Christ. And that, once again, we also see the, the mercy of God here and that we actually see the mind of God, that he doesn't want us to perish. He wants us to live and enjoy eternal life with him. So how does the wicked escape death? By turning from his evil ways. By turning from our wicked ways and following God. So your choice, Bible election. What did Moses say we should choose? Deuteronomy. That's right, we're going to go all the way back to Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 11. For this commandment which I command you today is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. Whoops. I think I read the wrong one here. Uh, 30, 19. I read 30, 11, sorry. 30 and verse 19 says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. So he's telling us to choose life, choose to follow the Lord. In order to become one of God's elect, what must we do? Joshua and go forward to Joshua verse 24 or chapter 24 and verse 15 chapter 24 and verse 15 says and if it seems evil to you to serve the lord choose yourselves this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the amorites in whose land you dwell but as for me and my house we will serve the lord Isaiah 55 and verse 1. You see this in Isaiah 55, verse 1. Isaiah 55 and verse 1 says, Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. He says we have to come to him. Revelation twenty two seventeen. We've read it once. We're going to read it again. Get it into the mind there. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take 
the water of life freely. So we have to choose. In order to become one of God's elect, we must choose him, we must come to him, and we must take of his water freely. Does belief affect our salvation? Does belief affect our salvation? Can we just kind of believe what we want to believe and everything's okay? Because it'll work out in the end, or does it actually affect our salvation? Uh, Mark 16 and verse 16 says, He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. So we can be we can be baptized and not necessarily believe all that's in the Bible, and it says that we're condemned. John 3:18 should also reiterate this John um, 3 and verse 18 John 3 and verse 18 says he who believes in him is not condemned but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten begotten son of god so yes belief does affect our salvation how did moses become an instrument that could be used of god how did moses become an instrument for god so we're going to go to hebrews hebrews chapter 11 verses 24 through 26 says, By faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. So how did he become an instrument? He chose to become an instrument. He chose to be with God and his people. Why were the lives of Jacob and Esau so different? This comes from a, a book called Patriarchs and Prophets. It's a Bible commentary. It says Esau and Jacob had alike been instructed in the knowledge of God, and both were free to walk in his commandments and to receive his favor. But they had not both chosen to do this. Esau had despised the blessings of the covenant. It was by his own deliberate choice that he was separated from the people of God. Jacob had chosen the inheritance of faith. So, of what do we need to make sure? Second Peter. Second Peter. One and verse ten. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. If you do these things, you will never stumble. So, whatever you choose to do, make sure that you. Settle it in your mind so that you will not stumble. How can we be sure to do this? We're going to go once again to Hebrews chapter 12. Verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run the endurance with endurance, the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, for 
who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. How can we be sure to make our election sure? (laughs) It says that we can... We need to lay aside every weight and every sin. We need to repent. We need to ask for forgiveness. And we need to turn to Jesus and follow him wholeheartedly. Desires for goodness and holiness are right as far as they go. But if you stop here, they will avail nothing. Many will be lost while hoping and desiring to be Christians. They do not come to the point of yielding the will to God. They do not now choose to be Christians, steps to Christ 52 and verse 1. I hope this study has been a blessing to you as it was a blessing to me when I came across it, to know that I have the choice, I have the freedom of choice to choose God or to choose uh, the other way. Here are some things to not forget. <clears throat> steps to Christ, page 52 and paragraph 2 says, Through the right exercise of the will, an entire change may be made in your life. By yielding up your will to Christ, you will ally yourself with the power that is above all principalities and powers. You will have strength from above to hold you steadfast, and thus, through constant surrender to God, you will be enabled to live the new life, even the life of faith. Steps to Christ, page 52, also says, The power of choice God has given man to men is theirs to exercise. You cannot change your heart. You cannot of yourself give to God its affections, but you can choose to serve him. You can give him your will. He will then work in you to will and to do according to his good pleasure. Thus, your whole nature will be brought under the control of the spirit of Christ. Your affections will be centered upon him and your thoughts will be in harmony with him. Steps to Christ, page 50 and paragraph 3 says, Would that all who have not chosen Christ might realize that he has something vastly better to offer them than they are seeking for themselves. Man is doing the greatest injury and injustice to his own soul when he thinks and acts contrary to the will of God. No real joy can be found in the path forbidden by him who knows what is best and who plans for the good of his creatures. The path of transgression is the path of misery and destruction. We want you to know that all are foreordained by God to be saved. If we are not saved, it will be because we chose not to follow God's desire for us. And our last thing to remember, the everlasting fire, the lake of fire, was prepared for the devil and his angels, Matthew twenty-five forty-one. If human beings get into it, it will be because they chose to and not because God did not desire them to be saved. Once again, I hope this study has helped you in your biblical understanding of predestination and to also understand that God is hes longing for all of us to be saved. He's longing for all of us to come to him and find eternal life and eternal happiness. Please allow me to close with a small word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this wonderful day again. We thank you so much for life, and we thank you infinitely that you are a God that wants us to choose our way of living. Lord, I plead that you will help us to follow you, to choose you out of a right motive because we love you. 
And I plead all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.